You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We are in our third week of our series of Blessings and Blisters. Here's our theme verse of our series. It's found in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. And a little context, this is God speaking, the God that we believe created the universe, the God that uh, painted the stars in the sky, the God that went and breathed life into you. This is the God that is speaking in this verse that I'm about to read to you. He says this, for I'm about to do something new. I love that. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so God, he's speaking through, um, he's speaking through Isaiah to Israel, letting them know that he has something new in store for them. Can I say this morning, I believe God has something new in store for you in 2020. Can I get an amen? And so he wants to do some, some things that you thought were impossible. He wants, some, he wants to let you know, hey, it's possible. And so this whole series, we're looking at stepping into the new that God has for us. And we got one more verse for you, found in 2 Kings chapter 6. And this is really going to be uh, the, the verse, the text that sets our entire message today, brings it together. Verse 8, it says, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. Verse 10. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elijah warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aaron became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It is not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, when the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom, verse 13, go and find out where he is. Go and find out where Elisha is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elijah is at Dothan. Verse 14, our final verse. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots, and horses to surround the city. I know that's a lot of text, but we'll break it down through our time together. So this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, the wrong army, the wrong army. Let's pray one more time, and we'll jump into it. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness to us this morning. God, I pray that you would give us strength to lean into what you want to say to us. God, you know what every person in this room is going through. And you know that I can never speak to any, each and every one of these things. But I know you can, Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you would just uh, allow us to hear what you need us to hear. We want to leave here changed. Not for our own benefit. But so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever done something that just probably wasn't the best idea, done something where it didn't work out as planned, and someone, once you failed, came to you and was like, I could have told you that was going to happen. And you're like, thank you. 
right? Like, like really. So this, ha- this actually happens to me a lot, okay? <laughs> Don't laugh because it's true. And uh, you're like, yeah, we know, John. And so, so this, this happened actually uh, last February, February one in, in, a, in a way that I, I completely remember. Uh, we took my family to the snow. We were going to the snow. And um, <clears throat> we love, I, like, my kids wanted to go to the snow, and my wife wanted to go to the snow, and I want, so we just, we went to the snow. And it was my first time my kids uh, went to a, a sledding park, like an actual park, like you paid a sled down. And, and so we went there, and um, it was a little unimpressive, you know, like, but nonetheless, you know, my kids were having fun, and there were slopes, and so I took my son down on the sled down this, this slope, and he was like, I'm done, I don't like it, right? Uh, <coughs> excuse me, my, I took my daughter down, and she's like, I don't like this, and I'm like, okay. I see my little son, I have a, he, at the time he was like 18 months, maybe 16 months, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, he was young, and I saw him just sitting there with his mom in I was thinking, my poor guy, he's missing out on all the fun. And uh, so, uh, so I was like, I had this brilliant idea. I was like, I'm going to take Sammy down the hill on the sled with me. Yes. And so, uh, so I, I took him, and I was like, babe, I was talking to my wife. I was like, babe, I'm, I'm going to take Sammy down the hill uh, on the sled with me. And she said, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, of course, I'm sure. Like, why would I not want to do So, So I take him up, and we go. I actually, I was going, I, I recorded it. Um, I was going to show you, but then I didn't want you guys to judge me any harder than what you're doing right now. <clears throat> but you can look me up, Johnny Peter. That's my handle on Instagram. Anyways, so, um, so, so I get him on the heel, right? And, um, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And so my plan is, because it goes really fast, I'm going to put my feet down to kind of slow it down. So it's just, it's just a fun, whimsical time down, down, down the hill. And, uh, and so, so we're going down the hill, right? And I got my feet just, and it's, just a, it's a very nice pace. But what I didn't realize when I put my foot down is that as I'm putting my foot down in the snow, it's shooting up ice, okay? And so it's like people are like throwing ice in my face. And I'm like, man, this hurts my face. And then, and then I was like, oh, if it's hurting my face, it's probably hurting my little, my little, and so like in the video, again, you can look it up, uh, the video, my son's like, <laughs> like, and I realized in the moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not good. And we're going down the hill, and he starts crying, and I'm, I'm trying to block his face from the snow while trying not to tip the sled over while still holding the camera. You're welcome. And, and so we're going down, and, and like we get down to the hill, he's crying, he's screaming. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, babe, get him, get him. Like, it's crazy. I remember after that moment, my wife, or I said something along the lines like, babe, I don't think he liked it. And my wife is like, I could have told you that. And I began thinking like, then why didn't you? Not saying I would have listened, but nonetheless... Like, why didn't you, t- like, if you knew it was going to happen, why wouldn't you tell me? Like, if you knew it was a bad idea, like, why wouldn't you say something? 
I wish you would have been like, babe, don't do it. It's dangerous. It's not going to work out. But she did it. So we can blame her, actually. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this, I don't feel bad anymore. Man, therapy at its finest. This is amazing. And so the reason why I'm telling you this is because this is kind of the feel and the vibe of what's taking place in our text in 2 Kings. The king of Aram, he's plotting to, uh, to take over Israel. They, they plan on ambushing Israel. However, God tells Elisha, hey, this kingdom's about to ambush you. And so what Elisha does is he goes and he tells the king, hey, don't go that way. It's an ambush. You're going to be attacked. Don't do it. And Elisha is like, and Elijah tells the king of Israel what is happening and what he's doing. Don't do it. Don't do it. And the king of Aram, he all of a sudden, man, he gets so upset. He's livid because the plans, his plans are spoiled. And I begin thinking about that. I begin thinking about how Elisha, uh, how Elijah identified a problem and was like, hey, red flag, don't do that. And I begin thinking, man, in a perfect world, that's what I would love, right? Like, if in a perfect world, when, when everything is perfect, I would love to have an Elijah come along and be like, red flag. Like, I would love to have an Elijah come to be like, hey, uh, so I know you're going into Lowe's right now. Uh, there's an employee with long hair, and it's curly, and he wears glasses. Don't talk to him because he's rude, and he's not going to be nice. That was a little specific, right? That may or may not have happened. But I would love to have an Elijah warn me about that stuff. I would love to have an Elijah say, hey, don't go there. Go this way. Hey, don't friend them. Be friends with these people. Hey, these people are going to get you in trouble. Stay away from them. Hang out. Like, I just would love to have an Elisha in my life. Now, at some point, I think it is, it is good to, to, for us to understand that that is actually one of the roles and description of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in John chapter 16, uh, in the Gospel of John, John writes that uh, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to lead us and guide us in all truth. And so the one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to help us, let us know, hey, we should be going this way, turn this way, or don't go that way. But here's what I've learned. As, as, I've, as I've been a Christian for a while and I've been working out my, my salvation for a while, he, here's what I've, I've discovered is that the Holy Spirit's ability to lead me is really dependent on how I see things. I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit's ability to lead me is dependent on how well I see things. And here's what I mean. The Holy Spirit, he can lead me all he wants, but as long as I'm looking through the journey with my own eyes, God has given us this thing called free will. And he's given us this ability to say yay or nay towards the direction that we want to go. And so as long as the journey looks hard, 
as long as the journey looks rough, even though the Holy Spirit may be leading me, I have the freedom and the free will to look at my surroundings and say, wait a second, I know you're leading me this way, but it doesn't seem too safe. Like the Holy Spirit can lead me all he wants, but if the journey at some point looks too rough and I look and it looks like I'm going to fail, I have the ability to say I'm actually not going to go that way. You have the ability to say, ah, detour. And so how we see things is detrimental to us stepping into the new that God has for us. Because as long as we see things through the wrong lens, we will always, we, we, it will either keep us or hold us back from where God has for, what God has for us. In fact, Jesus makes this observation in Matthew chapter 6. So your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. So Jesus is making this observation for you, for me, for his readers. That there's something about the way that you see that determines what happens in here. That if your sight is off, the lens in which you perceive things is off then everything else in here will be off as well. And so it's vital that we get to the place where we can begin to see things through the right lens so that we can be led in the right direction. See, I, I want to tell you this this morning, that victory is found in your vision. Victory is found in your vision. We see this in the story of Elijah that we read in 2 Kings. So again, the king of Aram, he's, he's plotting an ambush on the king of Israel. He, he sets his army and his crew right here. They're hidden. And the plan is when, when Israel's army comes, they're going to ambush him and, and take him out. But Elisha gets word about this. And Elijah tells the king over here, the king of Israel, he's like, hey, don't pass through this way. It's an ambush. And so they go around, and so the king over here, the king of Aram, he gets upset. And so his plan is he finds out that it's Elisha that's telling these people what's happening. So the king, the evil king of Aram, he's like, this is what we're going to do, guys. We're going to capture Elisha, and we're going to take him out. And so the, the king of Aram, he sets his troops around the town and the city that Elijah is staying at. And they, they stay there all night and they wait till morning. And their plan is as soon as Elisha wakes up in the morning, they're going to take him. And this is where we're going to start off in verse 15. So when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside... There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what do we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. So Elisha's servant, we won't call him a servant. We'll call him his personal assistant, okay? 
a little more PC. And so, so here is Elijah's uh, personal assistant, his PA. He wakes up in the morning. He goes out of the tent. He's about to make himself a cup of joe, a great cup of Folgers. And, and he gets out there. He still has sleepies in his eyes because he just woke up. And the scripture, the text says the first thing that he saw was this army surrounding the city. And the text says that when he saw that, he became afraid. And here's what I find so interesting about verse 15. Is this idea that the first thing that Elijah's PA set his eyes on was the very thing that set the tone of his emotions. And this leads me to, for those of you that are note takers, this first one is this. Steward your mornings wisely. Steward your mornings wisely. The very first thing he steps out of the tent, the first thing he places his eyes on is the one thing that causes fear in his heart. I wonder this morning how many of us can do a better job at stewarding what we first look at when we wake up in the morning. Because what if, if we start our morning off the wrong way, it can set the tone for the rest of our day. See, for the longest, I used to wake up, I rolled over. You guys probably never do this, but I rolled over, I grabbed my phone, and I just started scrolling. First thing in the morning, what's going on? Ooh, she said that. He did that. What? Boy, put some clothes up, right? Like, <laughs> that is inappropriate. And just, I'm, I'm scrolling, right? Or I'm going on the news, the trending news, the trend. Like, I'm like, oh, man, this happened while I was sleeping? Wait, wait, stocks crap. Oh, wait, wait, the world's ending? Oh, wait, there's another bomb? There's another earthquake? There's another tsunami? There's another? And if we're not careful, we start our day like, the world's going to end. Ah! I'm done. And so I heard this pastor a couple years ago, and, and I put this into practice. I've been doing this for at least a year now. I will not get on my phone until I first spend a couple moments with God. And before I first get my mind right with God. Because here's, here's, here's the whole point of this, is that the situation that I begin to read probably won't change. But the filter and the lens in which I see it will change. And so though the same thing is happening, I now don't have to worry, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about the crash? And, the, and I'm like, okay, it's all right. Okay, cool. I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to pray for that person. Oh man, I'm going to pray for my president. Oh man, I'm, because all of a sudden something sh shifts, something changes. And so I challenge you this morning, steward your mornings wisely. Begin to get the correct perspective of who's in charge before you start looking at other things. Here's a shameless plug. Start your mornings wisely. We're meeting here Monday through Friday, 7 to 7.30. Like what, what would happen, what would happen if, if you came here? What if you just came once out of the next 10 days, just once? Like what could happen? 
What could happen if you started your morning off fasting and praying? You never know. We've got to learn to steward our mornings wisely because how we start our mornings can determine how we see our day. And so verse 16, we're going to keep reading. Uh, it says this. This is Elijah. Don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. To which Elijah's personal assistant would have said, where? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? See, see uh, uh, the PA comes out. He's like, oh, we're going to die. There's an army right around the city. And Elijah, there's always that one guy that comes in and he's like, he hears the guy scream, he runs, comes out, he's like, he's looking around at, at the army around everyone, and he's like, ah, that's a lot of people. It's all right, our army's bigger. And uh, if I was at PA, I would have been like, I see nothing. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Elisha, what, 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 what are you seeing? What are you talking about? And I think in this moment, we have the privilege of seeing two perspectives, really. Two, two perspectives that really encompass each and every one of us uh, in this room right now. Culture, society, they would, they would say pessimistic and optimistic, right? Like, here's, here's the PA. He's like, oh, we're going to die. And Elijah's like, this is amazing. <laughs> These two different outlooks. I would love to take it a step further, and I would love to say it this way. What if it's not just pessimism and optimism, but what if we boiled it down to faith and fear? Now, I know we talked about this last year, these two perspectives, but, but really there's, there's these two lenses, if you will, the same situation, the same scenario, the only difference is one is seeing it through faith, one is seeing it through fear. I do want to say this, fear is not a bad thing. In fact, all throughout Scripture, we may even do a series about this. It talks about how if you identify as a Jesus follower, there's this thing called the fear of God. And it's, it's this thing that, man, that is awesome. And, and not, not fear of God for the fact, like, I'm afraid he's going to go like, right? Like, and I'm like, ah. But like this fear of like reverencing him, of understanding, wow, God, how can someone who created the heavens and the earth create someone like me? And even with my jacked upness, how can you love me? And when you can get to that place, there's like this holy fear that can take place. And so fear is not a bad thing, but fear can be bad when it dictates what God has for you. And so here are these two perspectives. We have Elijah, over, or excuse me, we have the PA over here, and he's like, we're going to die. This is horrible. My day is... Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I can't believe what's happening. And then we have Elijah. So this guy, he's operating in fear, right? And then over here, we have this guy, Elijah. He's like, man, this is awesome. Bring it on. I can't wait. I see something that you can't see. It, I'm trying to stir you guys up. I see something that you can't see. God is wanting to do something. 
And he's like, yes. And so he's operating in faith. So this morning, my question to you is, are you operating in fear or in faith? But see, here's the great news. Even if you're over here, which honestly, I'm here a lot. You can't say that you're a pastor. It's true. Like I, like I found myself here a lot. And here's what I've realized. If I want to move from fear to faith, if I want my perspective to shift and move from fear to faith, this is in your notes, I need to have a supernatural intervention. I need to have a supernatural intervention. I have to be able to see and believe that even though what I'm looking at may seem daunting, that there is a God who loves me and that is trying or that is working things out on my behalf. And I have to be able to, listen, I believe that everything that God starts off with, it starts off supernatural and it makes its way, it manifests itself into the natural. And so if I'm constantly looking at my situation in the natural, in my own perspective, in my own understanding, in my own, what I can comprehend, I will always fall short. to look and see through the lens of a supernatural God that though I can't see it he's doing something y'all he's doing something you were created to see in a different way you were created to see through the lens of faith. You were created to see through the lens of hope. You were created to see through the lens of joy. You were created to see through the lens. So here he is. These two guys are standing here. The PA is like, oh my gosh, we're going to die. Elisha, he's like, no, we're fine. The army is greater. Our army is greater than the one that, that's here. The PA is like, I don't see anything. Because in order for us to see the way God sees, he needs to open our eyes to see the way that he sees. That's my prayer constantly. God, help me to see things through your eyes. Watch what happens, verse 17. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Then the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. My God, if that don't preach right there. He's like, I don't see what you see. Elisha's like, because you're not looking through it through the right lens. 
He said, God, open up his eyes that he would see things through your perspective and through your lens. And then all of a sudden, God opened up his eyes and he saw the army in which Elisha was talking about. See, this is what I love. Elijah, or excuse me, the personal assistant, he was looking at the wrong army. This morning, I want to propose this question to you. Could it be maybe, whatever you're going through, that you're looking at the wrong army? That whatever is encamping your, whatever is surrounding your encampment, that you're seeing it through the wrong perspective and through the wrong lens. I want to speak over your life this morning that God would open up your eyes, would open up my eyes so that we would see the right army, that we would see through the supernatural lens of the Holy Spirit that there is something around the bigger camp that he wants to do for you and for me. Could it be that you're looking at the wrong army? Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.